Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 885. There's no cyber-toothed tiger that's going to eat us. John Lee Dumas and TheWebinarCourse.com have arrived. Create amazing webinars in 10 days and ignite. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Ruby is a perfect solution for small businesses that want to make a big impression. Visit callruby.com slash fire and use promo code fire. In addition to your 14-day free trial, you'll receive 5% off plans plus free activation. Hold on to those afterburners, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Christina Wise. Christina, are you prepared to ignite? I am prepared. Yes. Let's do it. Christina is the best-selling author of Falling for Money and CEO of Christina.com, where she helps women become money savvy so that they can live healthy balanced, good lives that are financially free. Christina, giving Fire Nation just a little insight. So share more about you personally and expound upon your biz. There's not a lot to say. I mean, of course, I have a a long career and a a resume that's really boring, but it's all started in real estate. My entire career up until really the last 14, 15 months is real estate. I started in real estate. It's been my career. I was very successful in real estate. Built a lot of my financial wealth through real estate, but um, own a real estate brokerage, own a real estate technology training company. My real estate company has been featured by Apple and Evernote, and I mean commercials. We really um, uh, we're known as the disrupt- disruptors for the real estate industry by inventing new technology and being completely digital and paperless, and I've had a lot of fun. In real estate, like I said, it's been my entire career. And then 2013, I got really sick. I had a very, um, I had my near-death experience. And I, you know, <laughs> I'm lucky to be here. Wow. It's back to it sort of defied uh, all doctors' reasoning as why I, how I made it or why I made it. But what that did for me is, uh, I think anybody that's maybe had a near-death experience or some sort of pivotal event in their life that changed things, it gave me this different perspective of, of the world and, you know, what was important to me and what I wanted to do with my life. And, and so the, it's the, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, but it's also the best thing that ever happened to me because I got a chance to, to look at just the world through a different point of view that I was on the sort of, I was on this um, success track before and, and it's all about design, about being good enough and being successful and, and buying more things and being more in this big identity and, and being at the top. And so it's just like forced and fueled and determined and driven and pushed and broke things. And, you know, just because <laughs> I was so after it. And now I've really moved to this very different way to live. And the irony of it all is that I'm really becoming, I'm just so much more successful in this very different way of being, which is more, it's not 
so much about doing. It's more about just being my passion and very getting in touch with what I'm supposed to do and the meaning of my work and, and how I go about it and taking care of myself and realizing I have limits. And, and there's so much more than just striving to get to the top because there is no top. <laughs> so anyway, the near-death experience you know, caused me to really check in, like, what do I want to do with my life? And what am I supposed to do? Why am I on this planet? And, and that was the genesis of the Christina.com brand is, you know, I really want to help people just outside of just the real estate vertical. And I want to help impact and change lives. And I've studied this thing called money my entire life. And I'm actually pretty good at it. But it came after after growing up in real poverty situation as a child. And then I made a lot of money in real estate. And then I didn't understand money. So then I got divorced. I'm a single mom of two kids. And I have tax liens and lots of debt. And and didn't even know I was going to make it, moved from the great big house and, you know, all the fancy cars on vacations to a teeny tiny duplex where I was ashamed of where I lived and couldn't pay my light bill. So that was really the beginning for me of that journey of figuring the money thing out. And I've been doing that for over a decade for my own life and never intended to talk about money, never thought I'd write a book about money. It's really it's the, the, the book is a divine experience. Like it came out of me. I never intended to write it. So that was sort of my um a message that this is what I was supposed to do. But now I've just come to the place where I still have my good life companies, all my good life brands and, and my real estate brands. But now personally what I'm doing is, as I'm really doing my life's work now, is to teach people what I know, what I've been studying, which is this money thing that um, I really have fun talking about and I think can help a lot of lives. Christina, when you were talking about your near-death experience I got shivers a little bit because mm-hmm. you had that experience and you had this awakening and you shifted your life. And, and that's huge and that's massive. And, you know, for me, what that really leads to, and I'd be curious to see if, you know, you resonate with this as well. One of my past guests who actually came back on a second time by popular demand, Aaron Walker, speaks of this very theme so well. It's like there's so often that we as entrepreneurs or just business men and women in general we get to success and we're hard driving and we're crushing and things are going great, but where's the significance mm-hmm. and, and, and how do we move from success to significance? And that's what you've done with this reawakening. And, you know, sometimes that's what it takes people. You know, they're going down this road, the money's coming in, the success is there, but then they had this waking. They're like, well, wow. Like, but where's the significance in my mm-hmm. life? And, and, and you're moving towards that at 100 miles an hour. That's incredibly powerful. And I think that actually would kind of be a good theme for this moving forward because it's obvious that it, it resonates with you so much. But, you know, let's not waste any time because we have a lot to get to. We want to hear from you, Christina, along your journey. You've had a lot of ups and downs. What mm-hmm. would you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment? Tell us that story. You know, I... That's such a hard question because as an entrepreneur, there's lots of worse. <laughs> uh, um, but I think I can't, I don't think I can pinpoint it to one thing, but what I can tell you is the over, the overriding theme of the, con, the worst moments continually is. Well, let me actually kind of break in here then because okay. we're definitely not looking for overriding themes. So it doesn't have to be pinpointed as your worst moments if you're not able to do that. No, but my worst moments are it. every time I have to let somebody go. Okay, well so then, then really take us to a moment right. though and tell okay. us a story of one of those moments and really take us there. Well, I think for me in that, in, the, in that context is when I got really sick and 
Um, I had business relationships, and part of my awakening, if you will, really came to realize that some of these relationships weren't going to work out, and I really had to completely redirect things to move from that place of, like you said, from success to significance. And really, probably one of my worst moments was having to to break everything down and almost start from scratch, and and the fear of that, and and um, the the hardship of that, and just you know the my heart like ripping my heart apart, like to make these really hard decisions, and and being an entrepreneur is that like being an entrepreneur is making hard decisions, and and that was probably one of my worst moments of like. I'm changing things. All these things have got to, we've got to turn it around. The, this, these people need to change and this has got to change. And that, yeah, that was the hardest thing, especially coming back from an illness and realizing like that was hard enough. And now I need to go do the same thing to my business. I've sort of got to reawaken that piece too. Looking back at it now and seeing it in hindsight, what's one specific thing or action that really allowed you to, to have the courage to do this? Getting in touch, you know, as silly as this sounds, um, I was so black and white. I used to be so analytical, so planned, so logical. Everything was a spreadsheet. You know, I just would logic my way to the right decision. And and all that logic, you know, sort of my big lesson after the fact is all that logic didn't really make the best decision. It sort of just helped me uh, justify certain decisions that ultimately didn't work out anyway. And for me, what I've learned is, as silly as this may sound for an entrepreneurial crowd, but it's getting in touch with my t- intuition. It's It was, I knew what I had to do. It wasn't easy. I didn't like the fact that I knew it. I didn't want to do it. I knew the crisis and chaos it was going to create. I didn't know the outcome. It, it might have been the wrong decision, but in my heart of hearts, I knew for me to produce and do what I know I was supposed to do, I had to make this decision. So I just had to do it. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my professional life. And but So I think for me, so much of I'm going back to is is what it like feeling it what am I supposed to do we all know what we're supposed to do we just tend to not want to and therefore we sort of look for reasons why we shouldn't or we don't and being an entrepreneur is is getting in touch with what we're supposed to do what we need to do and then making many times the hard decisions that have to be decided and that really separates I think the successful entrepreneurs from those that aren't successful is the ability to make hard decisions Fire Nation, let me leave you with something on what Christine is talking about right now that I think really goes along with everything that she's saying. It's from a book that's really incredible. It's The 10 Biggest Regrets of the Dying. And by far, when they went down and they tallied up what the number one regret was, it was they didn't have the courage to live the life that they knew they were meant to lead. And that would have been, Christina, one of your biggest regrets. Had you just said, you know what, it's going to be too tough to tear everything down. I'm just going to keep going forward. Everything's working. I'm making money. I'm respected. You would have regretted the crap out of that. And the reality is that's exactly what so many people looking back on their lives at the end regretted is that they let outside influences determine the way they led their life, their one life that they had. And that's really sad. So don't be in that situation down the road, Fire Nation. Take that leap. Have that courage to follow your gut and your intuition and just make it happen. And Christina, you know, just like I held your feet to the fire for like a real story with your worst entrepreneurial moments, I'm going to do the same with your aha moment, your epiphany moments. And again, you've had a lot and you're going to continue to have more. But 
Take us to one moment in time that you had a light bulb that went on and tell us that story and finish it up with the steps you took to turn that idea, that light bulb into success. Oh my gosh, you make it so hard for me because to me, aha moments happen like on a regular basis. And, and that's part of life is, is studying, is becoming, is to, um, is to always be looking for those aha moments and then make adjustments. I think we think there's one answer. We, there's a one way to figure it out. And it's like, no, we learn through our failures. Uh, um, another thing I think what happened with me with my near death experience is I used to live in fear, a fear of not succeeding, a fear of what other people thought, a fear of what if I'm not good enough, a fear of what if, you know, what will people think? And, um, a fear of losing things, um, again, since I'd lost so much. So it's, but I was, everything I did really, even though I wouldn't have admitted at the time, it was, it was really living out of the state of fear. And now afterwards, it's, it's living in this place of love and appreciation is, is, when I almost died, dying is scary. I didn't want to die. I wasn't ready to die. I just realized like, I, man, there's so much I didn't do. And I did all this that I didn't want to do for all these reasons that I thought were important that weren't. So when I came, you know, when I came clean with that and confronted that, it really caused me to realize that there's very little to be afraid of. So now For me, the aha moment, like my biggest aha moment is it all goes down back to that experience. But the aha is like, there's nothing to be afraid of (laughs) that, that what other people think doesn't matter what we're supposed to do based on, you know, what the world tells us doesn't matter. Like there's no cyber tooth tiger that's going to eat us. Like there's just so little to other, unless we are facing death or some serious crisis situation there's nothing to be afraid of. So we just have to get in touch with what we're supposed to do, our life's work, what, what our heart tells us we're meant to do. We're all here for a reason. And when we get in touch with that, it's just getting over the fear. Does fear exist? Of course it does. But as an entrepreneur that succeeds, the aha moment is just do it out of love, out of faith that I know I'm supposed to do this. I don't care what other people say. say. I don't, I'm not listening to the naysayers and I'm going for it. And so that's it. It's just now it's like I don't let the fear control me anymore. I let my heart control me and I make decisions based on what I really feel is the right decision. Now, does that mean that I'm um, all about metaphysics and I'm all about um, uh, things that um, are wishy-washy or whatever? No. (laughs) I mean, I'm very much built on models and systems and, and measuring and analytics, but I don't let those lead me. I let those... I let them sort of be the framework and, and part of it. But I, I lead. I lead with my intention. I lead with my heart. I lead with what I see as part of my vision and my mission and my purpose and why I'm here. And there's all these other mechanics that help me achieve that, if that makes sense. But it's really, it's living. Fear is always there, but it's getting past it and really getting in touch with doing and being what we're, what we're meant to do and be. You brought up the saber-toothed tiger, and that's something that I do love to refer to, and I specifically talk about the imposter syndrome, just those thoughts, those fears that we have inside of our head of, you can't do that. Who are you to interview that person or to share Mm -hmm. your thoughts or your vision? Just like 
it was back in the caveman days is like, don't go outside. There might be a, a saber tooth tiger around the corner. And, and, and that imposter syndrome, that was very helpful back then. And it can still be helpful to some degree now, but we can't let it keep us down. It's always going to be there, but mm-hmm. it just needs to be embraced. And you said like, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. And yeah, there's no saber tooth tiger now, but what people instead think are seeing, they look at a, at a bridge and they say, Man, if I fail, I'm going to be under that bridge some night with a garbage can there and a fire and like roasting some form of, of meat to try to eat like, like other homeless people that I see there. Like that's the vision that we have of what failure equates to. But that's just not the case. When you fail, you pick yourself back up again. You lean on those others around you for support and you, and you just drive forward and you do it again and again. And Christina, we really have a lot to get to today because I, I want to do a deep dive into your minds. I, I want to get inside of your mind with these five questions that, that I call the one-minute mindset. So take about a minute, maybe even a little bit less um, for these five questions. And number one is, what do the first 60 minutes of your day look like? <laughs> Um, my, I'm pretty darn consistent. So anybody that would study me or watch me would be like, wow, her life is pretty boring. Right. Um, (laughs) but, um, I, you know, I, I live by certain universal principles and I study models and I, I really watch, I believe that, that there's patterns to everything. There's models to everything. Like there's what, there's that, um, saying that says success leaves secrets. And so take us through those first 60 minutes. Let's just buzz through it. Yeah. So first thing, number one is I don't have an alarm. So I wake up based on when my body tells me to wake up and it's usually between six 30 and seven every day, but I let it go. I let go of the alarm clock and the alarm owning my life. Like, Nope, I'm going to live. I'm going to let my body do what it needs to do. So then I get up. My first thing I do in studying the models of others is uh, everything I hear from lots of top performers these days that are healthy. And it's not just about performance. It's about healthy performance. (laughs) So I watch people that are healthy and high performers. And what everyone that I'm studying doing is meditating. So especially after coming off being sick and just um, being stressed out and living my life that way, I meditate every day. First thing, 20 minutes. I practice a specific type of meditation, but it doesn't matter what type, but I meditate. And it's it took a while for me to get used to it. But now I jump. That's the first thing I'm going to do is go meditate. After I meditate, um, it's a 20-minute meditation. I time it. I'm done. And then I go through. I just close my eyes and I say my gratitudes. Every day, I, you know, I, I'm grateful for this universe. And um, I say what I'm thankful for. And if there's any requests in there, I make some requests. Maybe some people might call that a, a prayer. But I just, I just get in touch with sort of that universal energy and, and be thankful for what comes to my mind. So, Christina, we're actually going to kick into high gear here because, again, we have a lot to get to. We're trying to keep these questions to under a minute-ish. So tell us what your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur is. My biggest weakness as an entrepreneur is probably the biggest weakness of lots of entrepreneurs is I love ideas. <laughs> I just uh, I want to do everything. And somebody tells me a good idea. I'm like, ah, let's do it. <laughs> and so um, and I can get all excited and I have a big imagination so I can envision it and imagine it. And, and what I, that's my biggest mistake. And so what I have to be very conscious of and I'm working to get better at it is to be focused. Like, nope, these are the top three things like Steve Jobs says. 
no to everything else. And so that's my biggest uh, obstacle as an entrepreneur is I just love ideas. I um, call it the weapons of mass distraction, Christina. They're oh, that's everywhere. It, yeah. So I'm just working to be focused, but absolutely. Like I, I love ideas. What's your biggest strength? My biggest strength, and you talked a little bit about this earlier, but I'd say it's probably two things. Number one, I'm no longer afraid to fail. Like, I'll fail. Like, bring it. (laughs) I'll try it. You know, I'm not going to do things stupidly. I don't go without some thought. And, you know, I'm I'm very thoughtful about the action I take, but I'm not afraid to fail. So I think that's what's one of my biggest um, assets is like, I have no fear of failure. Like, in fact, I expect failure because I know every time I fail, I learn something. And that's the key. The second thing I think as part of my strength is I'm a learner. Like I'm always, I write, I spend probably a minimum of 30 grand a year and sometimes upwards of close to 100 learning, 100K. So, um, you know, I just got back from a conference. I just wrote a $10,000 check where I'll be spending uh, two days with the gentleman that works on brain neurology and memory and focus. And so, um, you know, I'm just always learning. And the more I learn, the more I know, the better, you know, the more things I can achieve. So, there's someone to always to learn from. I, ha- I just have lots of not necessarily coaches and mentors per se, but I'm always looking at who am I learning for learning from? What am I focused on? What do I think I need the most help with right now? And I'm studying all the time and reading books. And so I think no fe- real little fear of failure, if any, these days and just this real hunger for learning. What's a habit that you wish you had? <laughs> I don't know. I, I live my life by habits. I'm very convinced that our life turns out based on the habits that we're in. So I don't think there's any habit that I wish I had because if I, I would just do it. I just create a habit. My life is all habits. Like meditation's a habit. How I exercise is a habit. How I eat is a habit. The phone call I have with my kids every day is a, is a habit. Like I really learn. I think the way to live is standard practices, habits, and, and living those. So I I have all the habits. Now, Christine, I have a question for you. You have a lot of exciting things going on right now. What's the one thing that has you most fired up? My fire right now is I want to teach people about money. I want to I want to uh, puncture old thinking. I want to help people get over sort of this neurotic relationship we have with it. And I want to just teach people that that we all can have enough. We can all live our dreams. But we do. We learn about all these other things. We learn skills in all different areas of life. And there's this one thing that funds everything we do, and it's called money. But we have such a hang up of over money, and it's such a politically incorrect topic to talk about. And it's still taboo. And there's all this motion over money. And so I really want to help people learn about money so that they can learn the what the universal laws of it and they can learn systems and tools and practices so they can put their money at work in a way that they can live the life that they want. But we really have to get down to it doesn't matter how much money we make. There are lots of what I call high income poor people make yeah. high incomes, but if they lost their income tomorrow, they're sort of in a pretty bad state. And I've been there. So it doesn't matter how much money we make. We think the answer is the more money we make, then the happier I'll be. Or if I make more money, uh, that's that will solve all my problems. And it's no like our money habits get us in, get us in trouble no matter how much income we make. So when we talk about habits, money is a habit. And, and that's what I'm fired up. I want to I want to teach people about about money in a way that can change and impact their lives for the better. Fired up, Fire Nation. And Christina, we're about to enter the lightning rounds, but before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. 
According to a recent Consumer report survey, 67% of customers have hung up the phone out of frustration if they could not talk to a real person. Okay, I get it. You're building your business lean, so hiring a full-time receptionist to handle your calls just isn't in the cards. Guess what? It doesn't have to be. Rediscover the lost art of human interaction with Ruby Receptionist, the virtual receptionist who handles your calls with care. Ruby even screens, announces, and transfers your calls to wherever, whenever you want. Want. They're everything you'd expect from a top-notch receptionist at a fraction of the cost. Exclusive offer, Fire Nation. Use promo code FIRE, and in addition to your 14-day free trial, you'll receive 5% off all pricing plans plus free activation, a $95 value. Visit callruby.com slash fire and enter promo code FIRE, or better yet, give them a call and experience their service for yourself. Call 855-775-RUBY. Fire Nation, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. And with ZipRecruiter's premium traffic boost, you can get up to three times more candidates. Quickly screen applicants, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free and get 30% off your first traffic boost by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Christina, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds like it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Fear of failure. What is the best advice you've ever received? Um, intellect is in the ability to see patterns and models and um, signs. I love that. Share one of your personal habits that you do have that you believe contributes to your success. Meditation. Do you have an internet resource like Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? <laughs> you named it. Evernote is my is my be all go all tool, um, and then outside of that is my contact relationship management system. One thing that we didn't talk about was people, is relationships, business. I think we think about business and entrepreneurialism as this thing, as this object, as this business operation, and what business is is people. So um, it's all about taking care of people with our products and services, taking care of our people as far as our employees, making the world a better place. And, and so my contact, my CMS, um, or my CRM, if you will, enables me to be in that all the time and staying in touch with my people. If you could recommend one book for our listeners to join Falling for Money on the show notes page, what would it be and Why? My favorite all-time book that's a must-read for everyone, and not just once, but many times, is called, um, it's Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, and it's just, it's universal fundamental principles that we, I think we all need to 
to learn and live by. And it's what it's the first book for my kids that that for there now that they're stepping into being young adults that they, I want them to annotate that book and own it before they move on to anything else. <laughs> Definitely. And Fire Nation. I know that you love audio, so I have teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. And Christina, this next question's the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would meet as many people as I could and find the leaders and go figure it out. But I would learn from the leaders and I would um, offer help and ask great questions, but I would find the people. So this is identical to earth. So what are some places that you would go to or some tools that you would use to find these people? I would look for authors. I would call, I would go to authors and find, um, find the, the expert knowledge I needed. Christina, I want to end today's interview on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance the best way that we can connect with you, then we'll say goodbye. How to connect with me is christina.com, K with two S's. In that parting piece of guidance. My piece of advice is leaders are readers. And so just read, take in knowledge, grow. Life is about our own growth experience and to own that. And as we grow and we know more and we invent more and we be more and we be creators, then we just make the world a better place. Love it. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Christina and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Christina, that's Christina with a K and two S's, in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop right up with all the links, her book, Falling for Money, and everything else. Christina, Thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head over to eofire.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Also, if you're an entrepreneur who's prepared to ignite, visit thefirepath.com where your passion and our guidance unite. See you there.